Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, friends. It's good to be here again. <laughs> yeah, good to see you all. Thank you. How good is God, hey? I mean, just the worship, just his, his presence yeah. and his nearness and his goodness and the fact that Jesus said the kingdom is within. It's at hand, it's in reach, it's within. And Let's just take a moment just to pray. Father, we love you, we worship you, we honor you. You are so good to us. We are way, 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 you are way, way, way better than we deserve. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your kindness and your love expressed to us in Christ Jesus. I thank you that we've died with Christ and we're now living with him and seated with him and Christ is on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that we're one with you. I thank you for the energy and the life of heaven that's on the inside of us. Ah, I thank you that you're not just a rule keeper. You're not a rule keeper. You're a God who comes close, who empowers us, draws us into relationship and from that place teaches us how to live. And we're so grateful to you for that, Lord. And we're this morning as we, or this afternoon as we come now, Lord, we, we draw on your power, Lord. The things that we're going to talk about, Lord, we know that it's not by might, not by power, not by our own ability, but by the Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you. Just take a moment, if you would, open up your hearts and just say, Lord, whatever you have for me this today, I want it. I want it. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we ask that you would empower us and you would fill us with your life and with your joy and with hope and with your goodness. Amen. Amen. Ooh, so we are talking, uh, continuing our relationship series. We're now in week three of this series. Um, I started off a couple of weeks ago talking about the love of God and, and God's love being foundational to us, that he loves us unconditionally. He accepts us as we are. He, he's always moving in, uh, in us to transform us to be like him, but he gives us great freedom. He gives us great choice and his offer and invitation is to love him and to be transformed into his likeness. And he, and he loves to do that and he loves to, uh, to, to give us the freedom. He's given us a, 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 our own Will. He's not controlling us, but he's given us our own will. And love looks like giving choice and freedom. And then last week we talked about vulnerability. And we talked about how um, ex- experiencing God's love and living in a place of assurance and comfort that we're loved by him actually enables us to be open and transparent, that it makes us safe to be true, to, for it to be true, for us to, to, to open up ourselves for people to see into us, into me you see is intimacy, and that vulnerability that comes, that leads to intimacy. You know, and so we, we, we're really enjoying the relationship series, Ash and I, you know, it's tag teaming, um, to preach is an exciting, challenging adventure. But um, we're having to navigate our relationship through this yeah. relationship series. <laughs> you know, but um, we're at the invitation for all of us, and, and you know, one John says that as we experience the Father's love, it should flow out to those around us. And what starts in heaven should end up on earth. And, you know, as we're, as we're deepening relationships, and, and, and that's the Father's intention, and it's not just for the sake of good family or good relationship, but actually that the world would know that yes. we belong to him and that the world yes. would know, as, as Jesus' prayer in John 17, that, that the world would know that we're in God and God's in us. And so it's, it's like there's a lot at stake here. But, you know, as we're deepening our relationships, actually what, what, what you find is the more you know someone, the more you actually have to have challenging conversations. Anyone experienced a challenging conversation this week? 
Yeah. You know, and because the reality is that we are imperfect people loving a perfect God and we have issues. Maybe it's just us. I'm sure you guys don't have issues. But those issues sometimes actually create an invitation for us to work together to resolve some challenges and, and actually requires us to handle some difficult things, right? You know, how we handle conflict and how we handle the things that happen to us and, and, and that we do to others. You know, so imperfect people have issues. I have issues. I, I, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I sin. I get things wrong. Shock horror. I'm sorry. You know, you can stay in the church. You know, we're, we're there by grace, you know. Sometimes we, so we've got conflict that arises from my own sin, right? And my, that effect of that sin on someone else, then sometimes we have that, that you know, we have, have conflict that it comes from other people's sin, where we experience someone else's sin and it hurts us or it causes some challenge within us. And sometimes we have what we, what we might term as secondhand information, where we actually hear something about someone else that they did and you're like, they did what? How dare they do that? And we take sides, right? And so we want to look at that this, uh, the, uh, look at that this morning and a couple of foundational texts um, as we get into it. We're, gonna, we're not going to so much focus, we're going to focus a bit on the how, but we're really going to focus on the, the, the kind of people that God wants us to be as we deepen our relationships and as we handle conflict. So in Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to start there. Um, Matthew chapter 5 is Jesus speaking on, we, would, some, you know, we know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts with the Beatitudes, the, 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 the nine blessings, blessed are you, blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. It's a scary chapter. Because Jesus takes sin from the realm of behavior to thought. And I actually find that a pretty terrifying thing and makes me realize that I desperately need a savior, right? Because he's saying things like, if you, if you look at your brother and you say you fool, it's like you've committed murder. So you're looking at a murderer. That's a scary, sobering thought, isn't it? But Jesus, and, and so he's, he's talking about the, he spends a lot of time in various places through this chapter talking about the power of relationship and, and how, you know, and the importance of relationship. But in verse 23, I just want to focus on a couple of verses in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. And he says this, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Jesus is saying, in this moment, your relationship is more important than your worship. In that moment, what he's saying is if you're, if you're there, if you're about to worship, or you're about to, in that, in that context, give an offering to the altar and you realise that someone else has something against you, the, 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 the challenge is not to say, oh, well, that's just their issue. They need to sort themselves out and deal with it. The challenge is actually to be biblical, and this is a challenging thing, is to go and say, I think there's something between us. Let's talk about it. That requires courage and bravery. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18. So that's the things that we know that we've done or that people have against us that we've done towards them. But in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15, Jesus then lays out the opposite direction. So the first one is, I know someone has got something against me. The next one is, someone's, I know that, someone, that I have something against someone or that there's a fault that they've sinned against me. So verse 15 of chapter, Matthew chapter 18, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between him and you 
are you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, which basically means they need double grace. Okay. So Jesus lays out this, 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 this framework for us that if your brother sins, you need to go to him. If you, if you know that you've sinned, go to him. If your brother sins against you, go to him. But go to him and you alone. And what's the purpose? The purpose is that you would gain a brother. If he doesn't listen, take someone else along. If that doesn't work, tell the church. But now we're not going to get, hopefully, to that point. What we want to focus on this morning, this afternoon, is looking at, okay, what are... What does it take? What is the characteristics, the attributes? What's the life of heaven on the inside of us that enables us to be people that are really healthy in our conflict and our confrontation? Whether it's going to someone knowing that we've sinned against them or coming to someone and saying, hey, I've got this against you. And so we've we've got this little little, four-letter acronym that, um, that we came up with. It's sort of, it's kind of cute, but it helps us to remember it as well, right? Safe. For those visual learners, I'm one of them. So safe, secure, approachable, approachable and uh, able to approach, free and empowering and empowered. Secure, approachable, free and empowering. So let's look at the first one. I'm going to unpack that one a little bit. And I, I feel like it's like the foundation of, of what we do anything in relationship from. And it's that security So when we talk about being safe in relational confrontation or conflict, the the basis is is always going to be love, experiencing the love of the Father for ourselves that makes us incredibly secure in who we are. Because if I'm secure in who I am, I'm not wanting to hurt you or punish you or make you pay for something or I'm okay with you also coming to me and saying, I hurt you, I did something that upset you and you're able to come to me and bring it to me because I have so experienced and I'm living in the experience of my heavenly daddy's love daily that I am a secure daughter of his. I know who I am. And I know that my sin doesn't define me. I know that my issues don't, um, they may inhibit our relationship a little bit, but it does not inhibit the love that the Father has for me. And they don't define my potential or, or who he's called me to be. And the Father obviously wants to unblock some of these things. But if I'm secure, I'm okay with you coming to me and saying, hey, Ash, you know, when you said that or when you did that, it hurt me. Or I can come to you because I know that I'm loved. And because I know that I'm loved, I can look at you with value and know that you're loved. And I can say, hey, do you know when you said that or you did that? This is how I felt. I'm sure that wasn't your intention, but I just want to bring it to you. And so being secure, but knowing that I'm loved and accepted by my heavenly daddy makes me a safe person to come and talk about issues of the heart and difficulties between us and also makes me a safe person to receive challenge from somebody else. And there is nobody who is outside of this. 
<laughs> no one is, is outside of being able to be challenged or confronted. So I know that I'm, I'm accepted. I know I'm not alone. You know, a big thing for me growing up, I experienced in my family, the way we dealt with kind of relational issues was you were passive. So you were either didn't say anything about it because you weren't quite sure how the other person was going to react or you were passive aggressive. So you were, um, you didn't do anything about it or say anything about it, but you did because of the way that you behaved. And it was pretty obvious, you know, huffing and puffing and, and um, not making eye contact and shutting doors loudly and doing big sighs. And <laughs> anyone know about that? I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> none of you ever do that, I'm sure. But anyway, um, but then the, the flip side of it also was you'd push it down for long enough that then, you know, the, the anger monster on the inside of you would build and build and build and then it would leak out. And in our family, it usually did not leak out. It would usually gush out like a geyser. So you went from being passive or passive aggressive to overtly aggressive. <laughs> and it was kind of extremes, one or the other. And so I, that for, in, for me, there was some insecurity in, in having relational conflict in a healthy way because I because of my experience so I took on certain things and I was a little insecure like are you going to love me how am I going to I don't know how you're going to react to something that I say like when we first got married if I you know I, I would either poke Murray to get a reaction and to try and find out what's going on on the inside or I would kind of tread around and I'd be a, a little bit cautious sometimes I'd be a bit passive if he'd disappointed me and he would know about it for sure but I was I was insecure I didn't know do you really love me am I really loved and for me the journey has been encountering my heavenly daddy's love and becoming more and more secure in who he has called me to be who he's created me to be and how he loved me even before I loved him so it makes it possible for me to be okay with hearing difficult stuff about myself and it makes it okay for me to bring difficult difficult stuff. And if you don't like what I'm saying, it's okay because I know I'm loved and I can grow and I can get better at doing it too. <laughs> so I don't need to be fearful about talking with someone about a difficult issue. I know that God will complete the good work that he started in me. If I'm secure in his love, if I don't need to prove myself, if I know I'm accepted, I know that he is going to complete the work that he began in me. I know that what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. I'm just going to yield to him doing it in me and say yes to it. And then I also know I'm going to be a safe person and I'm going to allow and trust the Holy Spirit to work in you and, and trust that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in you. So I don't need to control you. But we'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> and the other, one of the other things about being secure, I think this specifically comes up when, when maybe we're caught in the middle or we have the opportunity to help two people or two parties who are having relational disconnection and struggling with their relationship issues, whether it's marriage or family or work, colleagues or whatever. Sometimes we find ourselves, because God has called us to be, each of us to be ministers wherever we are, we find ourselves in the midst of helping other people sort through some of their stuff, which is an honour and a privilege. And um, 
But the, the challenge to remain secure is not being easily swayed by other people's strong opinions and passions in their pain. So what I mean by this, there's a Proverbs, Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, 17, that says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Now, do you know what this is like? I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Murray and I learned this early on in life and particularly in ministry life together when we would sit with married couples, one person of the married couple, and they would come and pour out their complaint to us and and it, it could be easy you know because we're compassionate people we we like to be with people we like to sit and and listen and and show the compassion of the father and they would share their pain and their offense at times and we say offense is taken not given you know you take offense to something to an experience the way you process it, someone doesn't offend you. Anyway, so we would listen to these offenses and, and you could think, oh, gosh, it sounds like your husband or your wife is a terrible person. <laughs> you hear somebody's story and it's very passionate and real to them. And, and, and we can, if we're not careful, get sucked into that and, and form our own judgments. But the invitation is to recognize that we know this person, that's their truth, and then there is another whole truth that is the other person's, and somewhere in the middle is the actual God truth. And so we learned very early on to be people who were secure enough to know we don't need to be swayed strongly by someone's eloquent words describing the issue of their partner or the person that they had a struggle with and yeah I think that applies even in our own relationship doesn't it of yep. sometimes I feel like I'm absolutely right and I have all the good reasons why I'm right and then I talk to Ash and then I realize that I'm actually not right <laughs> and it bugs me no, no. <laughs> but you know how that is sometimes, you know, that it feels, you feel like you're justified, you feel like it's right until yep. someone else comes and gives you a different perspective and you're like, ah, yep. I didn't see it from your side. Yeah, and the invitation or the challenge, you know, to gain a brother, to get closer, to move towards relationship in love is to be able to have ears to hear yeah. and, and wisdom from the Holy Spirit to be able to sift through. And that takes courage. Um, I think as well, the other thing about being secure is, is being secure in who I am and who God is to me. He is my vindicator. You know, sometimes, so often, when we've been hurt by someone, rather than going and talking to them, we want to get somebody else on side with us to, to help us lick our wounds. And we want to... So what we do is we... We process with someone and we go to them and we share our offense with them while we're processing. And I want to invite us as a church family to be people who are so secure that we know that God is our vindicator, which may mean sometimes we don't actually go to the person and say, hey, when you did that, it hurt me. It means we go to him first, our heavenly daddy. We allow him to examine our hearts and, and we open ourselves up to him and we let him bring healing and help us forgive. And we say, Lord, you're my vindicator. I don't need to justify. I don't need to prove myself. I don't need to um, 
punish the other person. And I don't need to tell other people how I've been wronged. There's a, um, it's commonly known as gossip as well. You know, we talk (laughs) about our issue with somebody else. And it's actually not because we really want help. It's because we want to share that little tasty morsel and it makes us feel better about ourselves. And we can laugh, and it's kind of funny, but it's actually really serious stuff. <laughs> Proverbs 17:9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. That's so true, hey? The, the Holy Spirit's invitation is for us to be so secure that we can overflow love even when there's the opportunity for offence, when we've been hurt by someone, that we can get to a place where we're so full and free, we're full of, the, of our heavenly daddy's love, where, he's con- where we're receiving that constantly, where we've got such a revelation of who he is and who we are. We're so secure that what overflows when there's the possibility to be offended is love. And I want to cover Where you're weak in this area, I want to lay down my strength and I'm going to cover you and not punish you. Does that that mean that there's no place for processing with somebody? No, there is a place. Mm. (laughs) So tell me about that. (laughs) That's his signal for move along, my love. No, no, it's not. It's actually... It's not a case of moving on. It's go back, back up a little bit because I think there is space. I think I just want to be clear. What Ash is not saying is you can't process with anybody. Yes. It's about processing with the right person. That's right. right? And not, and then not leaving it there. <laughs> right. A, a gossip is to uncover a matter and then it's essentially throwing a bomb yes. and then walking away. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it is helpful to actually process with an individual, but only yes. to the extent that you can check your heart and then either forgive that person or go to that person and say, listen. This yeah. is what happened, and then you enter into that. Yeah. And um, the priority is, is the relational connection yeah. with the Father and then the relational connection with that person as opposed to drawing other people into it first. Now we can move on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to, to share my side of the story with other people necessarily. So that was, that's secure, part of the SAFE acronym, SECURE. And the next word is to be approachable or to be able and willing to approach others. So to be a safe person when it comes to relational confrontation, the Father is inviting us to be people who are able to be so secure that we can let our walls down, we can let down the, the shame or the, the fear of confrontation to to actually be at a place where we're willing and able to be vulnerable and for people to be able to approach us and come to us with with an issue that they have with us where we can not be defensive, where we are able to be confronted. Now, some people love to confront others but then receiving confrontation from people is difficult. The Father, it's a two-way street, and the Father wants us to be so comfortable with, with both. Receiving confrontation from someone and challenge, and also giving it. And so the invitation is for us to be approachable, to, 
to be willing to be confronted, to not be defensive. Being defensive is just shame, isn't it? It's just like, I, I, you're coming to me with something and I feel bad because my heart was not to hurt you or injure you, but I just cannot take this because I want to be in relationship or I'm afraid that what I've done may expose who I really am on the inside and you may not love me. So I get defensive and I try and cover myself up and put the wall up again. But actually, the invitation is to let the walls down. And the other thing that sometimes we do, not put up a wall, but the wall of avoidance, you know? Have you ever been upset with someone or angry and you go into a group setting and you see them and it pricks your heart and you feel a little triggered by it? And what you do is you look away, you walk away, and you take a very wide berth and go somewhere else. (laughs) Has anyone ever done that before? Or you, you've noticed that somebody has done that with you that you are in relationship with and for whatever reason you may have hurt them and you may not even be aware of it. That's happened to me before where I wasn't even aware of it and somebody was avoiding me and I kind of noticed that they were avoiding me so I went to them and said, is everything okay? They said it was fine, which as we said last week means feeling insecure, neurotic and emotional. But, um, <laughs> but that's okay, I don't have to control them if they're not ready to share it with me. But anyway, so the so not not putting up those walls and avoiding people is makes us approachable in confrontation. And then also not not having to have all the answers. I think there's something about approachable people are humble people, aren't they? They they're able to walk in humility and and recognize I I make mistakes. I don't know all everything. I I need help. And sometimes I'm a bit blind to my issues. I want to be self-aware, but sometimes I need somebody else to come to me. And then I think another, another thing about being approachable is also how we deal with it when somebody comes to us, when someone is approaching us and they're hurt. And maybe they don't express it in the correct way of handling confrontation between two people. Yes. You know, maybe there's some emotion involved and, and we're not emotional. And we might struggle to allow that person to express their emotion, even in a way that maybe isn't the best way. But an approachable person is going to actually say, I can see this person's in pain. And I can see that it's taken courage for them to lay themselves bare, to open themselves up and to share their heart with me. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me filter through the passion and the pain. And an approachable person is able to do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Really good. So if you're you're approaching someone, you know, I think the the Jesus in laying out that solution in Matthew 18 you know, he's saying, if your brother sins against you, approach them. Why? So that you would gain a brother. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think so often w- one of the challenges we've had, we have, and I know for my own walk of trying to walking out people pleasing and, and, you know, trying to get everyone to like me is that we don't want to approach other people. But that is actually also just as important to be able to say, look, there's something between us. I want to clear it out of the way because what I want is I want to gain this relationship back. Uh, and so having the goal, the right goal is absolutely important of, of, gaining, uh, of gaining a brother uh, or gaining a relationship back. But you know, um, you don't, you're not always going to get it right. 
And uh, in fact, when Ash and I, when, when, because my background was sort of, was people pleasing and sweeping things under the carpet, partly from boarding school. When we first went to Australia, we were, uh, Ash was, had a, had a, we weren't married. We were, I was there for seven weeks or maybe in the first week. To meet my family for the first time. First time time I meet her family and, 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 you know, I'm from a very, let's just keep the peace kind of place a good christian family and they and they they all of a sudden have this massive blowout that they're talking ash was talking about earlier and they're fighting and they're shouting each other and i I literally walked into my bedroom and locked the door and i hid in the corner i'm going i've got another six weeks and of course they come out and then they kiss and make up and i'm like who are you freaking people you know what's happening and you know what he did he said i want to marry you sooner yeah And, um, but, that, but when, when I started on this journey of actually now becoming uh, not just learning to be approachable, but now learning to be able to approach Ash, uh, I wouldn't always get it right. And with, and with her sense of um, anxiety that she's kind of already talked about, when I would say it, and sometimes it would be a bit bold and a bit angry, she would get upset and close down and 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 I would feel really bad about it and I'm like oh well, that didn't make it that didn't really work and and so I stopped doing it but you know the, the, there's a skill that has to be learned but yes. but the but the reality of the need to be approachable and then not just to be approachable but to actually approach now obviously the more you have relationship the more equity you have in your relational bank account the more you can the more you can do that yes yeah, yeah. so secure approachable or able to approach and then the f is free freedom is a wonderful thing and my freedom is wonderful as long as it allows somebody else to be free in my presence right it can't be free if it's not real freedom if others aren't free to be them as well and so freedom is really important in us being safe and freedom is basically me understanding that I do not need to control you. And I can have control over myself. I have the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of self-control on the inside of me, and I can access him all the time. It's just whether I choose to or not. <laughs> and so I get to, to experience the freedom of, of having him and his tools so that I don't have to control I don't need to come under, I don't need to be controlled either. I don't need to come under somebody's anger as they're trying to confront me. I don't need to come under their um, passive control if they're having tantrums and stomping their feet about around me. You learn to do this with teenagers or not. You learn to, if they're having a tantrum, but they're not actually having a tantrum, overt tantrum, but they're stamping and rolling their eyes. We've learned to say, is there something wrong with your eyes? (laughs) Sometimes goes down really well. (laughs) But we give them the opportunity to draw, to, to actually share what's bothering them. If they, but I don't need to control them. I don't need to punish them. I can remove myself from whoever is, is, is having a little hissy fit. I'm not saying my daughters do. I'm just, you know, just anyway. So I don't need to come under control. I can be free to be me. I don't need to come under somebody else's um, ungodly anger. And I don't need to control people when they're behaving in that way either. 
Yeah, so Galatians chapter 6, uh, Paul, in his writing, he says, those of you that are spiritual, restore someone with a spirit of gentleness. And, and I think part of this control or being free is actually being gentle. Yes. You know, uh, Bible says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, and it's his gentleness that makes us great. And gentleness basically is the belief that I don't need to control you. And so we're going to use things like I statements rather than you statements. You know, I, when you did that, I felt, I, when this happened, I felt this. When this happened, I felt sad. I felt angry. I felt hurt. As opposed to you make me mad. You do this. You do that. You're always, you never. And, um, you know, I had a, you know, when you get, when you get backed up into a corner by somebody who's using, uh, you know, angry words or statements, it doesn't make you feel very secure, does it? It doesn't make free. you feel very free. I had a teacher at school who was about this tall. He was Scottish and uh, he was my house parent at boarding school. And, um, and if you did something wrong, he would look up at you because most of the people were taller than him. And he would look up and you go, you do that again, laddie. And I'll put you on the judo mat. I'll put you on the judo mat, you know, the, put you down. And I'm like, ah, you know, you get intimidated, you get uh, under fear. But actually God's passion for us is that we are free to exercise self-control, not to be controlled by other people. We yeah. need to move on. So the final one in the E, so it's secure, approachable, free, and then finally empowering and empowered. So just talk about empowering. Um, one of my favorite verses in regards to this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me a while ago uh, when we were about to go into some conflict. Actually, Ash and I were on, some, on vacation, but we were having some conflict with uh, some of our team. And um, Somebody, one of, some of our team were having conflict, I should say, with someone else. And, and the Holy Spirit really spoke to this to me. And it's Proverbs 20, verse 5, which says this. Proverbs 25, the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And, and what the Holy Spirit sp was speaking to me, and it's, as I said, it's become something of a life message, is that we, so often when we come into a situation of conflict or we come into a situation where we're perceiving someone else has done something wrong, that we ascribe motive and judgment to them. We say, well, they're doing this because of that, and they must be this because of that. And, they, and, they, and, and, and we look at them and we presume to know what's in their heart, but the Bible says, actually, what's in a person's heart is deep waters. In, in fact, sometimes the person themselves don't even know. But what we do know is that whatever act, action or activity or behavior is happening, what's driving that is a core belief. And so part of, uh, of, of, of us being an empowering people is not just to look at the behavior, but to get to the action. And that's to, about being a man or a woman of understanding, which basically means the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says, you know, you think it's about knowing all the answers, but actually it's not. It's about asking the right questions. And so, so for, for, for us to, to in, in being safe, part of the empowering is actually to, to ask really good questions, to draw out of the purpose, to not think that woman she's controlling, but to actually step in and say, okay, when this happened, that, you know, and ask some questions to get behind, behind that. Let me help you find out what you need, essentially, is a question. You know, Stephen Covey in that book, um, Seven habits of thank you, Jackie, of a highly effective person. You know, one of the one of the, the habits is seek first to understand, then be understood. And um, you know, and so being able to assume the best, not ascribe motive, uh, seek to understand, and then ask some questions, it actually allows us then to start to be understood, to speak the truth in love, uh, and to share our feelings appropriately. So that's empowering. Yes. <laughs> So asking good questions, as Murray said, is really good. 
It's rather than telling people what's wrong with them, you know, sometimes we'll say, you know, we'll, if we're coming into a, a, a if there's a, pay, a point of conflict and we're coming to together, we're going to someone, we are, or we're wanting to, to confront them about a behavior or an action, we come with, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, and I'm going to tell you what you need to do to fix you. But <laughs> In my humble opinion. <laughs> but so often we come with, as Murray said, with all those judgments where I presume to know what's going on on the inside of you, so then I think I know the solution to what's going to fix you. And really, I don't want relationship, I just want to fix you because I want this problem to go away. But actually the invitation in going and talking to someone who's maybe, you know, got some issues and you need to go and talk with them is to actually come with, I want to help you understand what's going on on the inside of you. And so I'm going to draw you out, I'm going to seek to understand, I'm going to ask you some questions, like what's, what is the problem here? What is the issue? What, what do you need? How can I help you? What How you do you think do? that made this person feel when you said that yeah. at Ignite Group last weekend? How do you think that person felt in that moment? What, what were you thinking when you said that? <laughs> Not what were you thinking? <laughs> but what it's doing is, is we're, we're then actually causing someone to, th- causing them to think and allow them to change and live from the inside out, as opposed to behavior modification, which is what the law does. It says, you need to do this action to make yourself better. But actually, what heaven does is says, this is who you are on the inside. This is our heavenly daddy says, this is who I've created you to be. This is who you are. Do you remember who you are? Adam, where are you? Where are you? What's going on on the inside? And, and I want to t- remind you of who you are. I'm not going to tell you what you have to do, but I'm going to ask you some questions. I don't expect behavior modification. I'm going to empower you to, to allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart and not modify your behavior. And then you get to live from the inside out. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, come on. We Shut have... Up. Jesus on the inside of us, the very spirit of Jesus, the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of us if we've said yes to him. And so at any point, we have the power. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when we are in a difficult situation, he has given us, 2 Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. He's given me the tools. I have them. I may need to get some help to learn how to use them a bit better, or I may need some help to have my heart healed and set a little more free, but I have access to the Holy Spirit, the living, living, breathing Jesus on the inside of me to say no to losing my control and to say yes to yielding and allowing him to work on me and to draw me into a deeper relationship with you and to speak words that that bring us closer together rather than drive us apart and so so he's given us what we need to reconnect relationally to listen to change so good 
You know, so there you have it. Secure, approachable, able to approach, free, empowered and empowering. And, you know, it's a journey of the heart. You know, if we were to talk, to talk in more detail, if we had more time or we were to sit down and have a coffee together, our story would be one where the Holy Spirit has been bringing us into greater realms of freedom and as, we've allowed the Holy, as we've allowed him to come and touch the areas of our heart that really have been insecure and, and out, of, out of alignment. And so it, it really is a journey of the heart. It really is a journey of saying, Holy Spirit, here I am, I, I yield to you and I, lay, and I lay those things down so that we can become a, a safe people. You know, our, our hope as a church, as a leadership is that this community is safe for people who are broken who, and who are hurting to able to come and belong. Whether the weak and the strong are able to be together because we are all knowing and living in the overflow of God's love. Right. So I want to invite you to stand, uh, if you would, and we're going to just wrap up. Um, uh, okay. We, I, there are lots of things that I think the Holy Spirit wants to do, and he will do because he's good like that this morning. You know, many of us have like some struggles when, when it comes to com- confrontation and, and having difficult conversations in relationship. Some of us are really good at it. Some of us need to be humbled a little bit in our approach. But a lot of us actually also need to be strengthened and, and have some healing of our hearts yeah. where we feel, where we felt unsafe or where we felt intimidated or where we felt... Um, controlled by people or where we felt because of that control or because of pain, we have had excessive anger and, and controlled through that excessive anger or where we've been afraid of what people will think of us, afraid that they'll disconnect relationally with us. With, with this fear of man, so I don't want to confront, or I, I can't be confronted because I'm afraid that you, you won't love me through it. Yeah. Or maybe we please people, we want to please them so much that that's the goal, so we allow them to be right all the time, even when it's not right. So we just become a doormat, and we get walked over, and we allow them to bully us, or um, not, not, we don't actually... Res- treat ourselves with the respect that we deserve and the honor that the father's giving us and or maybe we've we've been a bit passive and we've avoided it at all costs we've avoided actually having difficult conversations and the father today wants to bring healing he wants to bring restoration and he wants to set us free from any kind of intimidation that we feel or or bullying whether that that's a spiritual thing not necessarily coming from a person it might be coming through a person but I felt specifically today that that there was um a couple of things, the, the one main thing I felt that the Father wants to actually really go for, and I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward for this. But, um, and we'll probably need all the ministry team. Because, yep. So, um, so I, I feel like there is some people, and I, 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 we've been talking about vulnerability, and so I'm going to invite vulnerability this morning and this afternoon. And I, there's, I feel like there have been people who have, for whatever reason, maybe because in your family life there was a lot of control and rejection and, and anger, that, that you have dealt with conflict 
with your own anger. It's the excessive anger where your response has been excessive anger. Now it could be that on the, you feel this rage on the inside of you, but you don't let it out. And there's a, it's like a thing that's like on the inside of you where you feel so angry. Maybe you felt controlled yourself and you just have not let it out. And I want to invite vulnerability this morning. I want to say this is a safe place and we want the Holy, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to excessive anger or intimidation where you haven't known how to healthily process your feelings. And so it comes out and you end up attacking, you push it down, but then it comes out or it doesn't come out, but you're seething on the inside. And I feel like the Father wants to pop some corks today to allow us those who have been kind of held it on the inside or who've been excessively angry on the outside to get freedom this so if, morning. So if that's you, we want to invite you up to be really vulnerable and just come and have somebody ask for, just come and. There is no shame. There is absolutely no shame. The reason why we're inviting this is because I feel like it's almost like a prophetic statement. You're saying, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Today, it is enough. And I'm letting go of this identity. And then the other thing is for people who've lived under that kind of environment where there has been rage and anger directed at you and you are just feeling broken and hurt by it and we want to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart to minister to your you physically and to pour his love on you and to speak words of affirmation and security to you today and so if you've lived in an environment where there's been excessive anger and rage and you you just know that and you want freedom today from that then I want to invite you to come forward. Yeah, so ministry team, you can begin to, to minister. And um, just, if you need some prayer, just find somebody. And, and if you if there's people that are busy, then they'll get, they'll get to you. If we have ministry team that are off duty, if you like today, but, you, but you've regularly uh, been released to be part of the ministry team, I want to invite you to come um, to help us with that, please. Um, Jackie.